Proverbs chapter 29. Let me pray, and then we'll get after it. Jesus, we humbly submit. Here we are, uh, wanting to sit underneath the authority of the teaching of your word. On a day like today where we get to consider you and your word and how you speak, a faithful and awesome God who is so close and so near to his people. Lord, we love you. This is a chance we get to set aside time and collectively as a, as a body, we get to set our minds on you. Would you bless this time, Holy Spirit, come and help us to understand your word. And would you move in the hearts of people this morning, inspiring them to follow after you no matter what the cost. And so we submit to you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Here we are. Have your way. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs chapter 29. <clears throat> it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. It says, but happy is he who keeps the law. Now, what I want to do is dive into a couple of these words and help us understand what exactly is being discussed here. This is Solomon writing in the book of Proverbs is inspired by the Spirit. <clears throat> Wisdom. And when we talk about vision and all the things that are going on out there, what I want to do is this. I want you to know that that room, for example, the Fellowship Hall, represents a moment when God spoke to a person or to a group of people. In a lot of ways, it represents 35, 36 years of ministry that's taken place here at Horizon. And as God has moved on people's hearts, vision has come in. And ministries have begun. And when this verse shares where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, man, I think it's got a strong word for us just in terms of what it means to hear God and then to obey him. The word for revelation that's in the New King James, um, King James says uh, vision, I think, but it's this Hebrew word, kavzon, uh, something to that effect. <clears throat> and it means vision. We're going to look at a couple other scriptures that deal with it. <clears throat> but it means vision and is oftentimes translated that way. Um, it can mean a prophecy. So think about like the prophet Isaiah. It starts out by this is the vision of the prophet Isaiah. <clears throat> they kind of go hand in hand. Well, what, what is a prophet exactly? What's well, the person who's hearing from God and... And then sharing that message. This word is an instance in which God speaks. You could say it's God's word. That's what we have here. So much of the the prophets, they speak a vision, and then we have it written down, and we call it the Bible. It's God's word. What I want to try to do is articulate to you guys that unless you hear the voice of God directing you and moving you, There's this thing that happens. You cast off restraint. We'll talk about what that means in a second. But I want to hear God speak. I want his voice to be the one that directs my life. And when we talk about vision, what does that mean? Like a lot of times we think of it in a corporate sense, which isn't all wrong, um, but it's maybe a little bit less, less big than, sorry, 
or that bad language, but <clears throat> uh, it's, it's not as robust as I think Scripture would have it to be. The vision we're referring to here is hearing from God and God alone. <clears throat> In terms of vision for a corporation or something, like it's good, it's what drives us. The application is really similar because in a business or a corporation, they have a vision statement that does what? It's what hones them in and keeps them in the right lane, keeps them following after the different things that they feel like are important and valuable for their own company. And that's true for this, but I want to make certain that this is really clear, that what we're looking for and what, where vision comes from is from the Lord. Um, I don't know if your Bible has this. I've got an asterisk next to Revelation, and it has uh, the words prophetic vision, which is what, what it is. This, is. this is vision and direction that comes from God himself, <clears throat> which is the only vision and direction we should care about. <clears throat> um, there are a lot of different voices. Well, I'm, I'm just going to go with three. There's Biblically speaking, there's three different voices that you can hear, three different places you can receive vision that aren't a good, and then we've got one good one. <clears throat> um, the first place you can receive vision or ideas or inspiration is your flesh. That's that piece of trash that wants to rebel against God all the time. Don't listen to it, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so many of us spend a, way too long listening to the flesh. And what does it do? It leads to destruction. In fact, Scripture says, you sow to the flesh, what do you reap? But corruption or destruction, right? I don't have time for that, neither do you. And so the, the flesh will speak. It's those desires that are against God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord that through the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we now have an ability to be made alive. There's a spirit now can bear witness. <clears throat> I'm no longer bound to my flesh. But it's still there and it's still a wrestle. <clears throat> so I can listen to my flesh. I would suggest don't. Um, I can listen to the world, the world around us, uh, the movement of the world. It's kind of like the cumulative effect of the flesh maybe is the world, right? James talks about this. And so you can listen to the world. I would suggest you don't. Again, so many of us, me included, spent a, spent a long time listening to my flesh and listening to the baloney the world has to offer. But what we're talking about here is God speaking and then me adjusting my life to his truth. That's what I want to do. That's what I ideally want to follow after. It's his truth. God speaks. I adjust my life to it. I'm thankful for the word of God that we have. Today we're dealing with vision, but not just like vision that I conjure up on my own. No, no, this is something that God gives and is faithful to give. The third thing would be <clears throat> uh, the enemy of your soul, um, the one who hates you and longs to see your ultimate destruction and separation from God. It's the devil. You've got the flesh, you've got the world, you've got the devil. All are voices you can listen to. And... Um, Things that you might be like, oh, okay, drawn to go this way or that way. What we have here in Proverbs <clears throat> is this wisdom where there is no revelation or divine speaking or God ministering. People cast off restraint. 
And so what I want to make sure we understand is that we follow after God. Like, this is what he has spoken. And if he said something, then I want to listen to it. Okay, a couple scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, now the boy Samuel ministered to, to the Lord before Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. That word is the same word we're dealing with here in Proverbs. <clears throat> and you'll notice that there's a, like a cause and effect to some degree where people had distanced themselves from God. <clears throat> they refused to obey whatever God had said. <clears throat> and there's a, a decline in the social, spiritual, and ethical fabric of a person and a society when you distance yourself from God. <clears throat> I know you guys know all this. You have to look no further than our world today <clears throat> to see what's happening. You pull away from God, you lose it all. You actually, check it out, Judges 21, 25. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. A distancing from God, the foundation and the beauty of his word, these sacred truths that only God could reveal things that we couldn't come up with on our own. God revealed them. They're foundational to us as humans, <clears throat> you, you run into anarchy and chaos and destruction. You distance yourself from this revelation. <clears throat> you cast off restraint. That's what we see here. Now, <clears throat> you might be thinking, what on earth does this have to do with Vision Sunday? Because this is like feeling heavy right now. And I get it. Bear with me for a second and we'll wrap it all up, okay? But I want you to know this. Uh, there are a lot of different ways to go, but, but hearing God speak, that's the only voice I want. It's the only voice I'm, I'm asking for you guys to consider, like that's all that matters. What has God said? <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Okay. <clears throat> there was no widespread revelation in those days. No, no vision. And everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Now, we don't have that excuse because guess what we have? We have his written word. We actually have the most perfect vision and expression of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Check out Hebrews chapter one about that. Not right now, I'm just saying do it on your own time. But <clears throat> Hebrews chapter one, man, we have this beautiful section that discusses that Jesus is this ultimate revelation of who God is. We have it, we've heard him, we've seen it. The beauty of the cross, the work that God has done <clears throat> to rescue and save me and you from our sins. <clears throat> the love of God in the person of Jesus. That's something that moves us. And as believers, it keeps us where we should go. Now, this is the same thing with Paul when he was in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Remember, none of these things move me. Well, why not, Paul? <laughs> because, and I don't count my life dear to myself so that I can finish my race with joy in the ministry that God has set before me to testify to the gospel, the grace of God. <clears throat> Remember all the way back to Acts chapter 20, verse 24, we were on forever and ever, right? And th this was the straight and narrow. How is it that he could stay right here? Man, he had a vision from God. I mean, literally had a vision from God, didn't he? He had a vision of Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, bud, you're mine. I have a calling on your life. You have a purpose. It's true for every one of you in here right now. 
God has a, a purpose and plan for you. Ephesians chapter 2 tells you that, <clears throat> that you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that you should walk in them. A very specific purpose. Knowing what that purpose is, well, that's the idea of vision, of God speaking to you and moving on your heart to accomplish and do the thing that he called you to do. Apart from that, you do whatever you want to do. You do whatever the flesh conjures up. You do whatever the world tells you to do or the whisperings of the enemy who hates you, whatever he tells you to do. <clears throat> that deceptive lie that he says. You have options, but they're not all good. We have God's word and his revelation. God speaks and then we obey. Okay, what does it have to do with Vision Sunday? That's a great question. <clears throat> um, today is a day where we get to take a look at um, ways that God has spoken over the 35, 36 years of ministry that this church has been in existence. Again, how God has spoken to the hearts of people. Did you know that, that he moves through, through you guys? He works and he does ministry through all of you. <clears throat> we hear God speak and give us direction. It keeps us where we should go. Keeps me right where I want to be. In fact, you guys might know that when God gives you direction, you, act, you, like you behave different. When you have a vision on your heart or a burden, which many of these prophets did, in fact, while I'm sharing, go to the book of Habakkuk. <clears throat> it's by like Zephaniah and stuff like that. Zechariah and then Zephaniah. Haggai, just keep on turning. If you notice up there, it says Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah. <clears throat> it's one of those small ones that are hard to find unless you teach like, Minor prophets like Wes does. I have no idea where Habakkuk is. <clears throat> Habakkuk had a burden from God. And it changed the way he lived his life. <clears throat> I want you to consider that, please. This was life-changing for him. <clears throat> In Habakkuk chapter 2, we're going to catch up to... Um, I know he's, Habakkuk lived likely during the, the reign of Josiah the king. He got to see a national revival take place, but he lived long enough to live here <clears throat> where the moral, spiritual, ethical decline of Israel had been so profound that God said, we're through. So uh, complete was the rejection of God. I'm not gonna listen to his revelation. I'm gonna do my own thing that God was then preparing the nation of Babylon to, to take them captive. <clears throat> That's kind of chapter one. Habakkuk is broken by these things. <clears throat> and he does something really interesting. Look at chapter two and verse one. I'm gonna stand my watch, he says. I'm gonna set myself on the rampart. Well, pause and consider that for a second. What is he doing? <clears throat> It, it looks as though he is positioning himself to hear and positioning himself to, to receive that revelation that then he can know what to do. Because apart from revelation, you cast off restraint. I don't know what to do. But here we see God directing his people by speaking to them. And so, okay, I want to learn from this. How can I position myself to hear? You guys already know this. Word, fellowship, and prayer. We've been through it time and again. Enjoying the Lord 
spending time with him. How can I obey him? Man, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I need that. How do I bear fruit? That's abiding in Jesus. There's no other way. John 15, abide in him. You'll bear much fruit. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Enjoying him, hearing him, abiding in him, there's no other way. And so here, Habakkuk, I think, is doing like the Old Testament version of what I just described. I'm going to stand my watch. Like it's a purposeful positioning. A rampart was a structure that was strategic in defense. I'm going to stand right there. I can see things really well. And notice what he says. And I'm going to watch to see what he will say to me. I think that there's an expectation in, those, in that language. I'm going to watch to see what God's going to say. Because I'm confident he will. <clears throat> and notice the humility. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. And <laughs> that's so good. And so God's going to speak. And then I'm going to have to be prepared to answer him when I'm corrected. There's some a beautiful humility in that. Preparing for, for this experience that he's getting ready to have with God. Notice in verse 2 it says, Then the Lord answered me, because, hey, because God's so faithful. He will answer you. He loves you. <clears throat> he wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to be obedient to what he has. He wants to use you. He'll speak to you. Set yourself where you need to be. It's probably in the word. It's probably in prayer. It's probably in fellowship. Set yourself right there and wait, and God will speak. He answered and said to me, write the vision. Guess what word that is? Same one from uh, Proverbs. Write the vision, the revelation, this prophetic thing. Make it plain on tablets. Make it distinct and clear. That he may run who reads it. Okay. In the context, Habakkuk is going to be writing down his revelation. We're reading it right now. He's writing down what God has described to him as going to come, the judgment of Israel or of Judah. So he wrote it down. There's something we can learn from this. When God speaks, <clears throat> I better write it down. I want to know what he has. I want to be able to go back and reference it. I mean, I'm actually speaking to you literally, like, write it down. <clears throat> this happened to me. I got a vision, so to speak, <clears throat> when I was driving to work. And uh, I, I, I had to write it down. I won't go into all of it. Time won't allow. But I had to write it down. Because you know why? Because I'll forget. That's about as simple as it, as it gets. I'll forget. If I don't write it down, I'll forget. Habakkuk positioned himself. He heard from the Lord. <clears throat> and now it's, okay, write the vision and make it really clear on tablets that he may run. That clarity of vision. And so, when you head out to the fellowship hall, it's, it's like we have written the vision really clear. We're hoping that things are clear. <clears throat> and however you might be being called to serve or, or be served, it's evident and clear. We're growing and working on all of it. But we want to write it so that you can go and run with it. That's a phrase that Bill would say so many times throughout ministry. <clears throat> um, when we were called to go to St. Kitts, that, that was the language he used, run with it. You bring an idea to Bill, he says, run with it. If it fits in line with what God's doing here at the church, run with it. Where does he get, it came from right here. Make the vision clear. What is it that God has spoken to you? How has he moved in your heart? 
the last few weeks of church, what is it that God's stirring up? <clears throat> Write it down. Consider it. Make it plain, distinct, and clear so that people can do something about it and run with it. That's my hope that today kind of allows you an opportunity to see that. <clears throat>